Um, where exactly did the two-time champion go? Plus, Top Gun promos. Josh eats his own words. Nani protects her woman. Devin maybe loses his grip on the game. CT and Logan are just complete dreamboats. And Amanda puts the episode, and dare I say, the entire season on her back and carries that shit like the queen she is. It's the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies. Episode 14 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian where we dive deep into all things mtv's the challenge past present or future if it's happening in the challenge universe then we are here to document it i am your host and dedicated challenge historian jacob hollabaugh thank you so very much for being here with us today on today's podcast we are talking all things episode 14 of spies lies and allies the episode just ended and it was an episode um, that I felt feelings for, for sure. And there are some things that need discussed, which, thank goodness, is what I like to do. So discuss we shall. Before we begin, though, the house must be kept, so let's tidy up. First off, by the time you were listening to this, a very amazing thing has happened, and that is the debut of All Stars 2, baby, let's go! Streaming on Paramount Plus, episode one drops in about an hour and a half from the time of recording this right now, which means it's literally out right now if you are listening to this. That's it's very exciting stuff, and I'm sure you are pumped to watch that. But, and it's a Huey-sized butt we're talking about here. First, maybe finish this podcast. That'd be pretty neat. You already started. Go ahead and just listen to the whole thing. You've already watched Spies, Lies, and Allies, I assume. Go ahead and listen to the whole recap. Or at least, you know, come back to it. I get it. If you forgot All-Stars was literally out right now and you want to stop everything you're doing and go watch it, then do you. I would do the same. I'm literally going to do the same (laughs) at midnight probably. But just come back, please. Um, But if you haven't watched All-Stars yet and forgot that it was maybe coming out today and don't feel like you're properly primed to do so, you still have time. It's just sitting there on the streaming service. You can watch it at your own leisure. So go ahead, go back, and check out my two-and-a-half-hour, yes, two-and-a-half-hour preview extravaganza available on this very podcast feed you're listening to right now as well as on our YouTube channel. And then once you've watched, remember... Uh, Once you've listened to that, watched All-Stars, remember that we will be recapping that season right alongside this one of Spies, Lies, and Allies. I will be waking up bright and early after finishing this pod tonight, watching that episode tomorrow morning, doing that pod tomorrow, and expect that it'll be in your feed sometime by early tomorrow afternoon, Thursday afternoon. So, moving forward then, the schedule will be thus... There will be a double season review preview, a double season review preview 
pod on Tuesdays where we look at not just Spies, Lies, and Allies, but All-Stars 2 and really anything going on in the Challenge universe. We're going to open that podcast up quite a bit there to just kind of be your your primer for the week of Challenge, uh, for the week that was and the week that will be in the world of the Challenge. That will still be on Tuesdays. And then Spies, Lies, and Allies recaps super late Wednesday night in your feed right when you wake up Thursday morning. And then All-Stars 2 recaps coming sometime that very same Thursday, likely early afternoon, maybe earlier. We'll see. Um, We're looking at four to five weeks at least of overlap between the two seasons here. And I am still waiting for Buna Murray, waiting for some, waiting for anyone out there, honestly, to explain to me, anyone listening, uh, other independent podcasters out there that maybe have some idea how to do this. However, you get on a screener list and convince them that you're legit enough to deserve screeners in advance and you won't spoil anything. Uh, I hate spoilers. I won't do any of that. I would love to get these these shows in advance so I too could put my content out immediately upon them debuting into the world but stay up late Wednesday right after I watch live with y'all film or record the pod put that out get up bright and early Thursday watch all stars film record put that one out so those will both be there three pods a week a lot of action coming in the world of the challenge and in the world of this podcast all right that's good now on to the bad because this episode well it let me down a bit uh as someone who is pretty fiercely at times defended this season or tried to defend this season of the show amongst a lot of criticism out there from the the challenge media, from the independent challenge media, from the consensus fan, the, the Stan accounts on, on Instagram, those sorts of things. Um, but this one, uh, part of it let me down. Part of it really picked me back up. So we will get to all that. Let's, of course, first start, though, with our Cliff Notes recap of everything we just saw, shall we? First things first, let's recap everything that just happened. This was a pretty plot-heavy episode with uh, not a lot of the plot going super-duper in-depth, but a bunch of stuff happened. So let's recap it all Cliff Notes style. So here we go as quickly as we can, although got a pretty long list I'm looking at in front of me, so we'll see how quick this one is. We'll be talking fast, as always. Everything that you just saw on episode 14 coming at you right now. Logan tells Nelly T he switched because his own teammate called him out and also because CT's on that other team, and CT, for one, is very happy about the switch. Tori and Casey fake wrestle to, quote, see who is stronger, and Amanda watches on thinking about how overrated she feels Tori is, which she mentions in a confessional a time or two or seven. Nelson is lonely without Corey. He goes for a walk outside, and Devin and Guile feel the need to add commentary to Nelson's loneliness. That is followed by Amanda making a math and puzzle quiz for Josh and Logan to practice their skills. That devolves into a full team affair, with the winner being really only Amanda. Big T lets Logan and CT know that she wants to come to their team. She wants nothing to do with that Emerald squad, to which Logan and CT let Big T know that they kind of want nothing to do with her and that she shouldn't do that because they don't want her to be on her their team. Meanwhile, Josh and Amanda then are chatting on the cabana, and when put on the spot, Josh tells her that if she came to his team, he would prefer she take Tori's spot over Casey or Nani. A daily challenge rolls around. It's called Submerged, and it's brought to us by the movie Top Gun Maverick, which means a plane is involved, and they get to wear really cool fighter pilot suits. Each time, 
Each time each team takes a turn sitting in a plane that submerges into the water. There, they have to search that plane underwater to find 25 puzzle pieces, take those to land. Then they can swim underneath the plane wing to see the puzzle key, relay that key to the land. Fastest team to finish the puzzle on land wins. Emerald goes first. Their plan falls apart quick. They eventually finish, but it's not so fast. The door is open for them to finally lose. Ruby goes next. Things are actually looking good for a glimmer of a moment before it devolves into total chaos, and eventually they time out. Finally, Sapphire goes and destroys the competition. CT and Ashley being the champs they are, figure out the strategy. Logan being a fish that he is. Emmy coming up with the clutch find on the last puzzle piece in Emerald gets the, or excuse me, Sapphire gets the win. Emerald streak is finally over. Back of the house, they go to the club. Take My Breath Away is played because Top Gun also sponsored the club night, so that's neat. Devin thinks he's a maverick, but by later in this episode, he won't be feeling so great. Teams chat. Sapphire just wants to avoid being infiltrated. Same with Emerald. All the ladies not named Amanda and Ashley are huddled together, so of course, Amanda has got to walk right on in there and stir that pot like a goddamn queen. Nominations come. Amanda, knowing she is likely going in one way or the other, throws herself in, but not before Josh and Devin make mild fools themselves, and Kyle gets into Joker 2 at Emerald's expense. After nominations, Josh tries to make up with Amanda, but is also kind of pissing off Tori, who in turn is kind of pissing off Amanda, in turn is pissed off with Tori. It's a whole pissed off affair. At the lair, we find out that Ashley has been sent home for breaking the rules. What rule? No idea, but she broke it, and she's gone. Amanda calls out Big T. They play Vault Escape, which I'd explain, but it doesn't matter because Amanda wins, but after telling her to leave, TJ calls Big T back in and lets her stay. Since Ashley left, he says, we still need you around. She is still on Ruby. Amanda picks Emerald, sends Tori over to Ruby, six on Emerald, four on Ruby, three now on Team Sapphire, whose size is dwindling, and that is where things end. Whew. All right, that was a long one. A uh, lot, lot happened. So let's discuss all that lot, lot that happened. Let's move in to the next segment to do so. Things are going to be a little different again um, today. We had changed the format of this a few weeks ago, and it's uh, it's going to change a tiny bit uh, again today. We are still we're still going to basically talk about the entire episode. Uh, we're going to make sure to cover the two athletic events, the daily challenge and the elimination game. And we're going to hand out all of our awards, power rank predictions, all of that. Uh, but instead of walking through the episode segment by segment, I've just kind of made a list of uh, three, three big things kind of back to the whole storylines first and then uh, athletic events and awards after that, that we kind of were originally originally using a hybrid of the two, you could say. So let's let's just start this off with there's there's three big things kind of from the episode or three stories essentially from the episode that I want to discuss. And so with that, let's let's start let's start with a big one. Let's start with what everyone uh, immediately after the episode is talking about and uh, trying to find their own ways to talking about it. Some a little more openly than others. I honestly don't know exactly how 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 to talk about a situation like this, but we're we're going to work it out on the fly, which is probably the wrong way to do it. But anyways, Ashley gets sent home. Two-time champion, Ashley gets sent home. The the entire episode she's there. She is being featured in confessionals. Um she is, you know, heavily featured in the daily challenge that her team wins. She is featured in the bar segment where her and a- or Ashley and Amanda are chatting and 
Uh, she's encouraging Amanda to go over and kind of quote unquote infiltrate or whatever, or stir the pot basically with the group of women. She's very active in the episode. And then all of a sudden, we go to a commercial. We come back from that commercial. We're straight into nominations, and Ashley is not there. Um, and then we go to the lair, and we Ashley is still not there, and we get a one- to two-sentence explanation from TJ that she, quote, broke the rules, and she has been deactivated from this season and uh, should be noted. I want to pull back up here really quickly. Uh, TJ does, yeah, I got in my notes. It is very... The one thing they do say very clearly and seemed very deliberate that is said when TJ says she's been deactivated is that she will not be here for the rest of this season. And he, it seems pretty, kind of goes out of his way to say for the rest of this season. So, um, which we'll, we'll come back to why that's important in a moment. But Ashley's gone. She gets sent home. And there is no reason given. There is nothing shown as to what rules she broke, what may or may not have happened. Now, out on the internet, if you've been out on the internet, on the social channels, depending on who uh, who you follow on those social channels and who, what other podcasts you're listening to or recaps you're reading um, or people you're following on Twitter or Instagram, uh, whether you follow kind of the the T spoiler types of pages or not. Um, even if you don't, you may follow plenty of other folks like myself, who a lot of which have already came out and commented on uh, the the rumored reason why Ashley went home, which I don't want to talk about at all necessarily because um, the the reason if you've found it out there is there you know there's a reason they don't want to show or bring up what uh, she is alleged, uh, and again, you know, by all of these these spoiler accounts, which do get their info directly from cast members for certain. There's a few of them that are pretty trusted at this point that are very clearly over the years have uh, built up relationships with cast members and are getting info directly either from cast or production or people on the inside. Who knows if that info they're getting is 100% the exact truth or anything, but it is out there what that she had said something to another cast member and that that was not that it was not okay and that uh, she got sent home for that and uh, I don't want to talk about what it was because uh, it would kind of be doing the same thing if 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 the show or people out there would think what she did was bad enough to not be aired or to get her kicked off a season then discussing it in in detail only only makes that exact same problem worse. So uh, I'm not going to talk about that, but it, it's very the info is readily available to you out there if you want to find out um, what she is alleged to have potentially said. But what I do want to talk about is this. I think it's complete bullshit, and I will say that um, more confidently than I probably should. I uh, could definitely get some blowback for that, given the the subject matter of what, what happened. But I don't believe... Um, that it is it is it potentially messy or you know crossed some some lines? Absolutely, they're you know uh, otherwise they wouldn't have they wouldn't have told her to go home and they wouldn't have cut the whole thing out of the show. But uh, again, going off of what allegedly happened, so many worse things have happened on this show, um, and so many of. Similar situations have happened in recent seasons that are 
definitely, definitely worse, worse versions of what is alleged to have potentially happened where, and we've seen it and we've, as an audience, learned from it to some degree. Like it's been the real shit that the show, the real world was originally predicated on and that the challenge even had, while they had many really bad and ugly moments in the past, they uh, some of them very early on they handled horrifically. Um, that's that's just that's just what it is. That's the that's the history that the show has to live with. Um, but others that they've handled in a way where something bad has been done or said by a cast member or cast members, and the show has been able to talk about it and comment on it and have the rest of the cast come in in confessionals and say why what happened wasn't right, why they feel the way they do. And we get that real shit and we get we get to, as an audience, experience things that do unfortunately happen in the real world. And we get to learn about and grow from them as a group and as a collective, hopefully grow from them or learn from them. Um, and I just think that uh, that this one is something worth showing, worth talking about, worth uh, worth having discussions of. And honestly, in my estimation, and again, a lot of people might think that I'm a piece of shit, and that's fine. Uh, talk talking into trying to talk into a microphone for a living, you're gonna eventually probably have those moments, anyways. And honesty matters. And I I don't think. And again, we. Who knows the actual truth of what happened? They didn't show us any of it, so we're going literally off of a spoiler account online explaining what uh, potentially from the sources themselves what happened, what was said. But I think they should have shown it. Um, and not showing it does a bunch of things. One, there's there's some reasons not to show it. The main the main reason, and the the re- I mean the main reason is is be to protect the people having things said about them or to protect potentially avoid bringing up sensitive issues or having these having an ugly moment um again be shown on the screen which is the 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 you know the kind of the just or the nice or the 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 positive spin of why they wouldn't show it the maybe more cynical sin uh s- cynical spin of them not wanting to show it is this ashley's a two-time champion who is uh, an amazing member of this cast, one of the only vets of this particular cast who's really, really carrying her weight um, this entire season all the way through and who they want to bring back. And if they show something that then has a big backlash towards her, maybe she joins the list of folks who would never get to come back to the challenge again and they lose a huge asset of a player. And they don't want that. And so they'd rather just... You know, they'd rather throw in the towel on, we, you know, we'll lose her for the rest of this season, even if that's a huge blow on a season that is already getting bad ratings and getting a lot of negative feedback from fans and that she is one of the few people getting positive feedback in the show. Maybe they say we throw in the towel. It's a lost cause anyways for the last three, four, five episodes of the season. We want to use her more in the future. We want to feature her in the future, and this allows us to potentially do so. Again, I say bullshit. Show it. Uh, let it happen. I don't think she should have got sent home. Um, showing the real shit that's happening, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that's why these shows were cool before. They weren't cool when they were handled really, really poorly when the ugly came up and when some of the ugly got downright 
horrifying? Yes. Get that shit off our screens. Get that shit out of the challenge world. Basic ugly. It's one of those. It's one of those challenges I all I I talk about all the time with reality shows and with the challenge itself. Is yeah, you are literally the the basis of reality television is some ugly shit. Um, is that you are you're walking this fine line of encouraging people partying, people talking shit, people getting in verbal fights, people getting on the brink of violence, people hooking up with a bunch of different people. You're encouraging all of this drama. You're encouraging drama. That is what these entire shows are built on. Drama, drama, drama. And you encourage it up until this exact fine point where it goes over the line and you can't have any of it. And you walk this very, very fine line. And that's what they're trying to do with this. And I think they were still right on top of that tightrope and could have shown uh, what is alleged to have been said. And they could have kept her. And we could have learned or grown from the from the instance as an audience. We could have had a great discussion about something. And instead, we we just punt that down the road. We save Ashley for future seasons, or we save her from any possible backlash that could or could not have came. Um, and uh, and that's that. She's gone. Uh, it's a big big blow to the season. Interesting to note. Uh, I sh- I should have triple checked this before hitting record, but I'm pretty sure she was at the reunion and filmed the reunion. So maybe it'll be talked about there. Maybe they'll just completely ignore it and we'll, it'll never be mentioned again. But it really hurts the season overall, her being gone um, from one. The teams are worse and more uneven now. Her team that was looking good wins this daily challenge. It was looking like a fierce foursome. Uh, they're, they lose one of their four players. They lose 25% of their team. That's not good. And now they have three people to another team, six. Like, are you kidding me? I know CT, CT, but at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's gonna, it's a tall order for that team. Um, she was one of two champions you had left. She's one of only three on the entire season as is. Um, and as again, as we said before, she's great t- content. She's an A plus cast member every freaking season. She's there, and so your cast gets smaller, and your high quality, high usage rate vets get smaller. So, a bummer. She's gone. Um, don't know that it was handled exactly right. Don't know that there was an exact right way to handle it. Hopefully, I haven't pissed off too many people with my thoughts there. And again, if you want. If you want to know more, um, if you think uh, that uh, if if you want to know more, the the info the info's out there, and maybe at the reunion it'll be talked about at length. Second thing, second little storyline from this episode: Will everyone lay the fuck off Big T? Big T is literally the greatest human being walking this earth. I feel confident in saying that. Like, go ahead and try to find me a better human being than Big T. On this earth right now, I will wait. And by I will wait, I will wait till the end of my time on this earth because you can't find one. She's amazing. And I just want to come out and say this one thing in defense of Big T. Um, the entire, the, the whole the whole layup uh, idea in the challenge world, like many of the lingos or ideas or um, many of the things in the world of the challenge, it gets just nauseatingly talked about at length. Once a word enters the verbiage or the lingo of the challenge, it just has to be used and beaten, beaten, beaten into the ground. Um, but layup in the world of the challenge is always, it always bothers me how poorly that what is a solid term and should be used and should be brought up in strategizing and in 
talking honestly, or some would say talking shit to your cast members um, or about other cast members is just never used appropriately or in the in depth to the layer that it should be in the show. There are layups in eliminations. There are layups in daily challenges. There are layups in final challenges. Um, with uh, not wanting to upset one of the absolute queens of the show, but Anissa is the great example of this in recent seasons, not early Anissa, but in the last couple seasons that she has been on, where she is looked at and talked about as if she is some layup in the game, and it couldn't be further from the truth, because she's going to whoop your ass in daily challenges, and she's certainly going to whoop almost any of your asses in an elimination. If she makes it to a final and it's a typical standard what we've come to be used to over the last 20 seasons or whatever final where you have to run a thousand fucking miles, then yeah, in a final, Anissa, I love you, but you're kind of a layup in the final when cardio becomes the only thing that matters. But when they talk about her as she's a layup, and she, like just save her for an elimination or like we can beat her in dailies, no, you can't. <laughs> She's got a long storied history of not losing in those elements. So she might be a layup or could be considered a layup in one area in the final, but she's certainly far, 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 far from it in others. So that's what I mean by I hate the way this gets used. And I hate the way it is applied to Big T and it is applied over and over and over in this episode. I get it, Logan and CT, you don't want her on your team. Logan, you were hooking up with her, and you clearly understand how great of a human being she is. Just because she told you a horrifying bedtime story, you can you can break the romance off with her, but uh, you got to lay her down a little easier uh, here as far as not wanting her back on your team, having left the team mostly because of her. CT, did you learn anything from last season? Like again, you don't you don't have to invite her right back onto your team. You can do, you can do everything and feel everything you're feeling, but maybe don't throw it in her face as much as you're doing. And the fi- the final thing on the layup side, she's just really short. That's it. She is really really short, and that is a huge drawback because she is just physically smaller than one. But she's got legitimate muscles for her size. She's in legit shape, and she's also got the brains. And yes, I'm saying all this, and she eventually does lose an elimination in uh in this episode. But I don't care. She's not the layup that she's she's certainly yeah i i'm picking tory versus her in most elimination i'm picking casey versus her in most eliminations i thought this matchup with amanda was very even i thought if nani would have been down there with her it'd be very you know even anyone's game um she's she's certainly not you know intimidating anyone but again it's because she's short <laughs> she's super short um it doesn't have to do uh I, I just every time I see her on screen, I'm like, girls kind of secretly got some arms on her, kind of got some guns on her. And she's clearly smart and she's easily my top choice for who I want in the house with me just to keep that house a sane and enjoyable environment. So the big T slander has got to stop. I get it. You don't want her on your team. I might feel similar if put in your same situation this late in the game but just let, let's handle it a little better folks let's remember that we're talking to the greatest human being walking this earth please and thank you and then third and finally third storyline before we talk about the two athletic events of the episode is the amanda versus tori um it seems that a lot of this maybe 
uh, a lot of this may be brewed off screen. We get a lot of Tori and confessional saying over and over, I don't know why Amanda doesn't like me. I've never, I don't know what I ever did or what I ever done, whatever. Um, I think a lot of it comes from the, from, we don't see everything on the screen. And I don't just mean that, that like we missed some Amanda Tori uh, verbal, you know, exchange somewhere in the past. I just mean that these people live 24 seven together for weeks on a time. And these two have been on a couple different seasons together where they both went deep into the season. So spent a lot of time together and the whole Amanda thinking Tori is just super duper fake or does everything for the camera and isn't necessarily her, her whole self. I think that all comes from like, the stuff we don't see as far as just the them spending all of their time together and then a lot of time together outside of the actual season when they go film the aftermaths or the reunions and they're all hanging out as a group in different places and whatnot or they're sharing, you know, they have their different pockets of friends that they're spending lots of time with and they're sharing stories between those about who's doing what, who's saying what. I think a lot of it comes from that so that we're not going to necessarily see all of that backstory. Uh, but a few things about the kind of the rivalry that started to show up between the two in this episode. Um, one, the idea that Tori has been a better friend to Josh than Amanda is absolutely laughable and has been, as much as I love Tori and have always been a Tori stan, has rightfully been called out by a lot of people online and by Amanda herself, who, if, if you're not on Twitter, uh, God bless you, don't get on it. Um, but maybe just go on Google and Google search twitter.com Amanda Garcia MTV and just go straight to her page and just read read her tweets uh, every every night after the episode or maybe wait till the next day and go like 24 hours later. She is the one of the realest, most honest ones we ever have had on in the show itself on camera, but also in just bringing the fire and bringing the tea and letting everything hang out, all the information be shared on Twitter. She's on a, she's already throughout this episode and immediately after, as I was putting my notes together uh, to record this and looking, looking at, she's, she's putting a lot out there. She's talking a lot of trash. She's backing it all up. She, uh, she ain't scared. Um, but this idea that in the episode, you know, Josh is kind of played against both of them. He kind of lets Amanda down in the deliberation room with no reason to need to be. The whole deliberation is essentially over. And then Josh and Devin both decide, I need to say something. And then I end up saying shit that leads to me looking worse and people calling me out for this, that, and the other. And now we're fighting. And now I'm looking bad. And now I've just made a mess for no, literally no reason. Um, but... Uh, right afterwards, uh, it is, there is a Josh or a, a Josh and Amanda, a little powwow in the kitchen. Josh asks for a hug. Amanda's not having it. Amanda's like, what the fuck, dude? Like we're actual friends. You're picking her over me. You're picking other people over me. Like you could, you threw me in. That's fine. But like the way you just handled all of that and the lying and everything, like what the fuck? And then Josh goes into the bedroom, talk with some of his team, including Tori one-on-one. And Tori says, they basically comes up who's been a better friend to you. And don't tell me that I haven't been, which you might remember earlier in the season. It was a pretty big deal. They did a whole cliffhanger episode about it, but there was a, a small altercation between Fessy and Josh. And that altercation, 
who started that altercation? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, it was Tori and Corey, 100%. It was all because of Tori and Corey literally putting Josh in as horrible of a situation as they could, riling him up, getting him to eventually get his best friend and number one ally, Fessy, kicked off the freaking show. And then who, in that exact moment, came running in, told everyone to calm it down, yelled immediately at Tori and Corey for starting all the shit in the first place and completely and utterly defended Josh. Who was that? Was that Casey? No, that wasn't Casey. Um, was that Nani? No, it wasn't Nani. Uh, oh, it was Amanda. Yeah, it was Amanda who did that. So Amanda has every right to feel completely betrayed in this moment. Again, throwing her in is one thing. Um, but, uh, in, in saying what you did on the cabana, uh, having her putting Josh in that, that the difficult spot, the proper spot to put him in and say, pick, I'm going to go in, I'm going to win. Who do you want me to replace? I want to work. You're my guy. I want to, I'm working with you. So I'm telling you, I want to be on the best team. And that means that yes, you have to lose one of your three women, but which one do you want to lose? Cause that's whose spot I will take. And she eventually kept her word on that. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's looking at my notes here. Everything I wanted to mostly say about that are these two now a rivals pair. Um, I don't know how many more seasons Amanda will do. Just having a young child makes it very very difficult to do this show. Um, makes it a lot easier for someone to maybe do an all star season. Um, but uh, <laughs> if there's a rivals season in the future, which there's been a lot of clamoring for that to just be like you want to get this shit back on track. Just do Rivals 4, um, which is really Rivals 5 or 6, depending on what you want to, if you want to rebrand some other seasons retroactively. Um, but they easily could be. And again, Amanda will say all this to your face, which is what we love about this woman. And she will also scream it online. Again, go check out her her tweets. They're, they're coming in hot and fast and furious right now um, in real time. Uh, I still have the Twitter feed pulled up and another one just came out. So a lot going down there. We will cover some of that on our review preview pod, of course. So... That are the three big storylines for me of the episode. A bunch of other stuff happened. Uh, Don't care to talk about it. Let's talk about the athletic events of the episode. The Daily Challenge. Top Gun promo. Let's go. Um, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Top Gun, a movie that I love. Um, Don't think, uh, yeah, if you are watching this on YouTube, sorry, this is bad audio content, but if we scroll up there, Top Gun, way at the top of the wall up there. Love that movie. Uh, sorry, those out there, uh, love Tom Cruise, not going to apologize for it, even if I should. Um, but, uh, Top Gun Maverick coming out. It's been like literally two and a half years in the baking or something crazy and how long it's supposed to have come out. So there's been a kind of nauseating amount of on again, off again marketing for it, but I really enjoyed the promo. I think they should have promo for every one of these daily challenges. It doesn't have to be silly as silly and over the top as a movie, but good, you know, paramount. Paramount movie, Paramount show. Let's get that synergy across brands. And I'm mostly in favor of it because it led to an awesome, awesome challenge. A challenge. Giving this one an A, a full A. Not quite an A+. I'm not sure what ones would ever give it, get an A+. Next week, though, has a shot. Um, but it's a full A. This is an awesome challenge. They sit in an airplane, it is submerged in the water. This one was teased in the trailer all throughout the original trailer, the mid-season trailer. Very heavily teased one for good reason. It was really, really cool and a really great mix, again, of 
let's do let's have a big physical element let's have a mental element let's have a teamwork necessary element and let's have uh this is just looks cool would be interesting and fun and a little bit scary to do and is just the kind of wild shit that you would never get to do something like this in your regular life so it has all the elements of a great challenge and it mostly lives up to it even if it wasn't that close of a race in the end uh going through team by team here oh wait last thing to say just about the challenge in general they do look amazing in their uh in their in their their pilot outfits whatever their suits that they have to wear um specifically ct and logan uh the 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 little the action shots of the two of them standing next to each other posing doing their thing before sapphire goes goddamn uh i'm I, I CT definitely doesn't have an OnlyFans. He's probably one of the few people on this type of show that doesn't have one of those these days. Logan, if you don't, you should. Um, and the two of you together could easily do the two of them in their in their pilot's gear could easily do a full twelve month calendar shoot if they needed to. They're just heartthrobs, dreamboats. They look great. Uh, everyone's looking great in them. But the the shots of those two uh, were very exciting um, for everyone. I assume watching. Um, anyways. Let's talk. Oh, and uh, that leads me to the other final thing. The only thing cooler than this, the there has been a time in the past uh, for a little brief challenge history moment. Um, there's a time in the past where they got to wear fighter pilot outfits and they got to get in a plane and not just a plane hanging, a fake plane hanging over water, but a real plane and really fly that plane. That was back season seven, the gauntlet, uh, one of the most underrated because of its age and lack of ability to find it anywhere to watch it. Um, amazing, amazing season, the gauntlet. We covered the whole thing on our five minutes or less Instagram recap story. Those are up on our Instagram IGTV feed. If you ever want to go back and watch them. And if you do, if you go back and watch and find the episode titled red Baron, you will get a very quick and easy glimpse into when back on that episode on the gauntlet, they allowed (laughs) insurance was wild back then, or must've been way different and way easier to come by because they had a challenge where every cast member got to get in an actual plane in the pilot seat of an actual plane with a co-pilot behind them, an actual trained co-pilot behind them. And they got to go fly the plane and do an actual dogfight straight out of Top Gun, like a one-on-one versus someone else on another team where they were more or less steering their plane with the co-pilot there to make sure they didn't steer it into the freaking ground. But it was amazing. It's one of the crazy... It might be the craziest thing that's ever happened in the history of the challenge as far as what they've been allowed to do. And that's saying something. And they also back then looked amazing. Uh... The Miz, especially the debut of The Miz on that season. Um, debut of The Miz, not Mike Mizan, and he had done and won a season before that challenge. OG, now entertainment, amazing all star person, Mike The Miz. Anyways, so this challenge, amazing. Let's get back to it. Emerald, they don't do so hot for the first time ever. They don't work together well as a team, which is the interesting part of all of it. It's not that they finally lose one. It's that they do not work together, communicate together. Usually they got, Devin does all of our strategy. They even came out on Aftermath last week and said like straight up, like we literally don't think of anything on our own. We all immediately turn to Devin and say, how do we do this challenge? Um, the strategy he comes up with kind of falls apart on this one, or they just don't execute it very, very well. They just don't communicate well at all. And this is one of the first times where maybe, and I was hoping for and been praying for this, 
I still feel like with good strategy and communication, having six people is way easier than having four because you are trying to find 25 puzzle pieces and you are trying to take turns going down and looking at a map. So there's a version of this that six people helps. This version that we get, though, six people hurts them because there's too many voices. They're not all in sync. Um, they don't do so well. Ruby, Ruby, I had such high hopes for. They, they really they do a good editing trickery as usual. Nelson bringing the energy in the confessional room. You're like, oh my God, Nelson's going to do it. Emerald fucked up. Ruby, these super underdogs. And somehow, someway, Nelson is going gonna, is gonna to pull this together. He and Kyle and, are going to figure this out. And Amanda's locked in, not wanting to go into elimination. Same for Big T. This Big T's good in the water. We've seen that before. And it starts off for a moment. It looks amazing. And then it just completely falls to shambles. And Nelson... Uh, we're going to get back to you at the very end of this podcast where there's something that really excites us about what might be going on with Nelson for the rest of the season. But someday you will get that daily challenge when we are now up to, I believe, if uh, challenge stats and the other great accounts out there have been sharing accurate info, I believe we're now up to 48 straight daily challenges without a win for our guy. Love you, Nelson. We're, we're going to break that streak soon. I feel it. Then Sapphire goes. They get the easy win. Um, and they also get to go to a movie pre- uh Pre, uh, premiere of the movie Top Gun Maverick. Uh, so Ashley, CT, Logan, Emmy, if you're listening, need a plus one, would happily join you for that uh, for that premiere wherever you get to see it. I'll come to you. Don't worry. I'll, get, I'll be there. I'll dress nice. I'll look good. I promise. If you need a plus one, I'm your guy. Um, but uh, they win with ease, um, and they're the only ones. Emerald tried to do it a little bit. It clearly seemed to be their strategy. It just went to shit. But Emerald, with the veteran savvy of CT and Ashley, say, hey, we're going to get a couple puzzle pieces ourselves, but then Ashley is going to swim the first, you know, seven, eight puzzle pieces back to land. Logan, Emmy, you keep finding puzzle pieces. Don't do anything else. Me, CT, I'm going down. I'm looking at the puzzle. I am the only one that is going to say anything to Ashley. She is the only one that is going to receive that info and put together the puzzle. This has to be a one-on-one communication to make it work and to make it talk from the same side, the same angle, with the same verbiage the whole time. That really screwed up a bunch of the other teams as different people calling symbols different things. So... Let's start putting the puzzle together as early as we can. Once we have pieces on land, you get the rest of them. It all works out flawlessly. They do a killer job. And again, is a bummer that with Ashley leaving, this team is looking really, really good and making this much more interesting as far as which team's the best, which one could win a final, which one's going to keep the power with the daily challenges. But Sapphire gets to win. Emerald finally loses. That's our daily challenge. Now, the other athletic event of the night, the layer. Uh, let's talk about that before we get to awards. Um, the layer, the game was pretty cool. Uh, I would say about a B plus. Not quite going to put it in the A range, but a B plus. A very good elimination game. I liked it a lot. Another one that a good mixture of there's a bigger physical element to this than you think because you're not the one up there squatting and slowly using your arms and shoulders for long period on end. You get burned out of this. This is a physical endurance type of mission for sure, uh, but also has a huge mental element to it and a very strategic and a mental poise element to it that I really like in my eliminations where it's not necessarily the the strategy. It's the, can you be patient and poised enough to not get rattled, not get ahead of yourself? Because all of this came down to Amanda had the better strategy from the start. Uh, Big T slowly worked her way into the exact same strategy, but 
Amanda had already built the little lead, and that is be slow and steady and do not miss a single turn. What they had to do uh, for to recap a little bit, since I didn't even do it in the cliff notes, is they stood in front of a tall wall. That wall had eight locks on it going up in a row, and you had to take the handle of the lock and turn it, and inside the wall where you couldn't see, there was three or four kind of spokes or sticks sticking out of the of the circular thing and you had to turn it around until that that next spoke found the groove to come through and allow you to pull it out a little bit from the wall you keep turning you get the three or four different things all the way through until the whole lock is pulled all the way out of the wall now you can climb on top of it and do the same with the next you do it eight times you climb to the very top jump off and hit a bell um and so amanda gets out she is the one that initially says all right I know this is going to take a long time, and that's fine. All I have to do is not miss. I can't. I have to do very little turns, pull, little turn, pull, little turn, pull until I hit, and then do the same thing going the other way and back and forth and slow and steady. As long as you don't miss one of those little pulls by doing two bigs of turns or getting all wild and not knowing where have I checked, where have I not checked, you just move slowly, confidently, patiently, and you get the job done much quicker than otherwise big t starts off a little bit more of like uh just kind of pulling it a lot more aggressively a little bit more rapid movements where she could easily be missing the target and where she gets to the target but then misses and then goes all the way back around and wastes a bunch of time not realizing she was just right there and missed um she eventually gets it down too uh, but amanda just has it to her about a two two lock lead and never really relents from that. It's, it kind of stays between one and three locks ahead the whole time. Uh, the only question I had on the strategy side is they both squatted the whole time, and I wondered the whole time as I was watching. I was like, why don't? Is there is there an argument to say you should sit down and straddle the log you're on to save the physical tiredness of the squat and uh, kind of change the the angle your shoulders and arms are working in to kind of use some different muscles to turn that my and then I immediately was like is that is the reason they're not doing it because then to pull out the entire lock standing back up would be very difficult to do and potentially lead to you falling off so I don't know these are two smart ladies who. Uh, you know, uh, especially Big T, once she fell behind, was seemed to be, you know, willing to try some different strategies. So I feel like they assessed in the moment maybe that wasn't. But that was my only idea is maybe sitting down would have saved the legs. But neither of them's legs really ended up giving out on them. So that's probably silly. And just me trying to trying to outsmart the day, the eliminations as I like to do. Um, so that's the game itself. Then right after we get the two big moments in the layer, TJ. uh <laughs> vicious TJ. I bet, I bet the moment he was told Ashley's going home and that they were going to just go ahead and let, uh, let the ladies, no one else go home. Um, I wonder whose idea it originally was, or if it was even discussed, well, like, should we do the elimination or should we just tell them, you know, everyone can go back to the house. It's fine. Um, it feels like it might've been TJ, uh, knowing him, knowing how his mind works from time to time and the laughs that he enjoys on this show might have been the first one to be like, nah, dude, let him, let's, let's have him compete. Uh, that's good. And then we'll tell her she's gone and then we'll bring her back. We'll let her run all the way out. And then I'll yell and there'll be a producer back there in the dark. They'll say, Hey, wait, big T actually turn around. I think TJ's yelling at you and then make her run back in. Um, 
my heart in this moment explodes. Uh, I would assume Big T's heart is doing a whole bunch of different stuff because she just got eliminated, and they make her literally run out of the of the place up into the dark path. And then I, again, assume there's a producer back there somewhere who says, Hey, wait, stop. Uh, turn around. I think he's, can you hear him? He's yelling for you. Um, TJ yells, big T get back in here, brings her back in and says, you know what? Ashley went home. We, we can't lose any more people. You're staying. You get another chance. We love you. And it's awesome. (laughs) Everything about it. Thank you. They nailed this part. If they, if they messed up how they handled other parts in this episode, they nailed this part uh, as much as, you know, again, Big T, greatest human in the world doesn't need to go through all of this. Um, it is great television. Um, and so very glad that Big T's not going home. Uh, that's amazing. And very glad Amanda's not going home. That's amazing. So all good things. Then we get Amanda's decision. Big T goes back to Ruby. She is put back on her team. She does not get, she lost, so she does not get any choice in the matter. She goes back to Ruby. And then Amanda decides that she's going to put, uh, oh no, she's not going to put her beef aside. She's going to very much go with her beef. She did not put her beef. She put her beef aside and went strategy and who she picked for the layer and picking big T. We will talk about that in a moment when we talk about strategy. Um, but she does go straight for Tori and fulfills what Josh had asked of her and says, Tori, you're over on Ruby. I'm going into Emerald. I'm joining what I what has been the best team so far. We will talk in our power rankings about whether they are still the best team now. And the only thing I have to say about Amanda's decision, um, which uh, could be thought about as a worse strategy, but I'm going to go ahead and say because of how much Amanda carried this episode, we're not gonna we're not gonna put her in worse strategy. So we'll talk about it here. Um, put your beef aside for the moment and swap with Nani. Now, does that cause a whole bunch of freaking problems with you're now on a team with Tori, who you openly dislike, and you're on a team with Casey, who you would have just, in this hypothetical, removed her girlfriend um, from the team, and you're with Josh, who told you not to do that, and now you did. Um, A lot of people on your team might have been very, very upset with you, but those same people are not going to throw any daily challenges because the dudes on the team are way too scared of going into an elimination. And the women on the team know that uh, they also want to keep themselves safe in the power in their hands and in the event that if they would want to, in this hypothetical, then use the next women's nomination to get Nani back on their team and replace you back, they would do so by winning and getting to pick Nani to go into the lair to then pick either Big T or Emmy, I guess would be the only people left at that point to go or Tori uh, to go against um, and get back on their team. So I know not Tori in this hypothetical. She would still be on the green team. But anyway, so I would say strategically, Amanda, there's a very good argument for put your beef aside and say, uh, with respect to Nani, I want Tori and Casey on my team. They're the two physically dominant people. If my whole thing of coming to this team is I'm bringing some brains and some smarts. Great. Uh, that, um, you know, Nani's got some of that. You can just replace that, um, and keep the, the brawn and you add the brains and now your team is in, you know, is the best case scenario. Still a very good team, not a very good competitor. Um, and you know, argument to be made. She did the right thing by keeping the team a little more cohesive and okay with each other. But um, you did make that Ruby team a little bit stronger and we'll get to that later. So that is all the storylines. That's our athletic events. Now let's move into, let's talk a little bit more about some other things that happened in the episode via discussing our awards for this episode. 
handing out some hardware. Let's go, as always, with best strategy first. And guess what? There's two nominees, and they're the same person. They're both Amanda. Amanda won the first one. We referenced it earlier, putting Josh on the spot in the cabana, and then as well as Saint bringing that same thing and putting him back on the spot in nominations. Fantastic gameplay, flawlessly executed, making... Uh, Josh have to go on the record with something, putting him on the record, and then allowing him to be the one that brings it up in nominations and then going in and being like, no, if you're going to bring this up, we're going to talk about it honestly and truthfully. I said I wouldn't share it, but now you started sharing it, so we're going to share it. Um, but making him put on camera, on tape, in on the record, hey, I want to come to your team. We're we're friends, we're allies. If I'm coming to your team and I'm just telling you that's what's happening, I go in, I win. I wanna I'm coming to your team no matter what you say, because I want to be on the best team and I want to be with you. But I will let you tell me who I should replace. Uh, I think you got three solid women, and I'm willing to replace any of the three if you want to give me your choice. Um, very, very smart on her part, very, very smart how she handles the whole thing on the cabana in the nomination room the whole time. Then also nominated for best strategy, Amanda again um, for picking Big T. Even if she wanted to call out and take out Tori, even if it was an elimination that when walking in, you would say, yeah, this isn't some hall brawl. This isn't some soup based just on strength or physicality. So this is definitely one that's a fair ball game all the way around and that she has every ability to call out and beat Tori in. And so it's what, you know, when she says, I want to get down there and see and then who I want to call out. Uh, it's one that she definitely could have, but she does the right thing in going strategy over vengeance here and picking big T just simply for the fact of you got to get the numbers on your side. If you go in and win, you got to think, what happens if I win? And if I go in and beat Big T, in their mind, they don't know that Big T is going to be allowed to then stay. But in their mind, Big T is going home, which means if Ruby is down to three people, whether I go back there or I infiltrate and switch, Sapphire is down to three people. And Emerald, if I go there, has six. And it's six to three to three. And I am now not only on the team that has been winning, but now has a two to one numbers advantage in the game. A pretty unbelievably significant lead. So you got to go with that because if you call out Tori and you win, then the situation is Tori goes home again. Maybe she would have been allowed to stay, which would have been actually, I hadn't thought about till this exact moment, would have been fascinating if Amanda calls out Tori, beats her, and then TJ's like, nah. Tori, you get to stay. You're still on Emerald team. And Amanda, what do you want to do? Do you want to replace Nani now? Or do you want to go uh do you want to go oh back to Ruby? What do you want to do? I feel like she would have then been like, I guess I still have to go to Emerald and I've got to replace Nani, and now everyone hates me. And now we just get the scenario that Jacob just talked about being the better scenario, anyways. That would have been very fascinating, but they don't know that. So in their mind, you call out Tori, you beat her. You go to Emerald and replace Nani, and then it's just you and Casey, and there's only five people there, and Ruby still has four, and Sapphire is three. The numbers are a little closer. You've removed two people from the team you're joining instead of one, um, so it just doesn't work out. She picked strategy, and that's good, and that gets her the win for best strategy for the episode. So best strategy, Amanda. Easy, hands down. Worst strategy, three nominees. Uh, first up, not a uh, very familiar to the world of worst strategy, and that is Josh. Josh, 
You brought up your own lies slash secret conversation during a nomination, a nomination that was over, a nomination that Amanda had just said, you know, Kyle got his jokes out, Big T had said her piece, and then Amanda comes in and just says, you know what, throw me in, whoever else, if someone else is picked, they're just going to pick me to go against, so throw me in, please, and thank you, and this can be done, we can vote, but no. No, no, the men of the room, half the, the emerald men used to the power, used to getting to say anything they want to say in the power position in this nomination room. They've got to speak up, and Josh goes first, and he brings up his own, <laughs> he talks his way into a lie, <laughs> and he brings up his own secret conversation that Amanda is then rightfully like, yo, I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but uh, you started talking about it, so I guess that's what we're doing now, and it's just... <laughs> Makes a mess out of a situation that didn't have to get nearly as messy as it was. So, Josh, worst strategy there. Second worst strategy is same moment, Devin. What are you doing, bud? I get it. Again, your team four times in a row has been in the power position in that room. And in doing so, you have been the leader of the deliberation room. You have been the one doing the most talking, leading the conversations, asking the questions, calling out the subplots, all of that. You've had the power. And you might be not just a little drunk on those beers that you love so much, but you might be a little drunk on that power because you didn't need to talk in this one, my guy. You just keep your mouth shut because it ends up, again, same as Josh, uh, not quite as bad, but like everything you say, everyone else just gets mad at you and everyone else kind of calls you out and looks better than you in this moment and everyone else just gets further annoyed with you and just keep your mouth shut on this one. That's all you had to do. So bad strategy there. Third and final worst strategy, Sapphire. Now, it didn't backfire on them. It ended up working out. But uh, we saw and we talked about CT and Logan early in the episode. Big T goes to them, says, you know, I don't, I, I'm going to come to your team. If I'm going in, if I win, I'm coming to your team. And they both very more rudely than necessary say, nah, we would prefer you don't join our team. Big T, please and thank you. Please don't. Um, but their whole goal, as they make it known then in that moment and other moments throughout the episode, is they like the four people they have, or at least at the time all these discussions are happening when they still have four people, but now they only have three because Ashley's gone, and we're not going to talk about that again. Um, but they they just don't want anyone to come on their team. They want zero chance that anyone comes to their team, which means the strategy they should have employed here, and I can't believe CT um, didn't at least, and maybe he did. Again, we don't see everything. Maybe he has this conversation. We've seen earlier in the season, CT and Tori have many private strategy conversations amongst themselves. And we've predicted throughout the season that we think they might eventually be trying to team up and that that might be a late emerging storyline the last episode or two before the final. We'll see if that happens. And it not happening right here makes me think that maybe it won't. But Sapphire's strategy could have been, hey, let's go to the Emerald team, specifically Tori and Casey. Let's CT... Let's go sit down with Tori and Casey and say, look, you guys want to keep your team fully intact. I would like to keep my team fully intact. We both at this point have pretty much called a truce versus each other and just want Ruby people to go home and the two of our teams will face off. That's fine. That's good. Let's let's do what's best to get that accomplished. And what's best to get that accomplished is, hey, Tori or Casey... I'm going to need one of you to go into elimination. We're going to pick one of you. And we're only doing it because we are 100% confident that you can then go in there and call out Big T or Amanda and come back. And that in doing so, you will decrease our odds of anyone winning and choosing our team by, you know, you could go in and 
Tori, hey, you want to call out Amanda? Great. Amanda wants to go to your team. You want to stay on your team. No one in that situation wants to come on our team. Fantastic. Good for us. Also, you are heavy favorites in that elimination. Go prove yourself. You talk a big game. Go ahead and do it because then you win and you go back to your team and there is zero chance anyone can infiltrate or take a spot on your team. So I think they should have maybe, and again, maybe they didn't. We just didn't see it. Um, But I think CT or the entire Sapphire team should have went to Tori and Casey and said, will one of you step up and go in and take one of them out so that neither of our teams is threatened to be infiltrated. Uh, I think that would have been a good idea. And I'm nominating them for worst strategy for not at least even thinking of it or proposing it. So worst strategy, Josh, Devin, or the entire Sapphire team. And uh, I can't give it to Sapphire because that's a little, it's something they didn't do, not something they did. Um, Josh and Devin both win it because they both as ridiculous again that that nomination was over so josh and devin both get worse strategy now let's talk best moment um i love and adore nelson nelly t absolutely love the guy um and so while yes the laughs are being had at his expense i will i do have to say that i really did enjoy the moment of devin and kyle uh commentating uh, providing commentary and internal thought of what they believe Nelson was thinking or saying to himself as he walked up and down uh, the path outside. It was it was really funny. And again, it was it was funny at, a, at the expense of someone who I like a lot, but I'm, I know Nelson can also laugh at himself and probably watch this and thought that it was funny as well. So that was a great moment. Uh, TJ getting to ride the motorcycle into the Daily Challenge. That was a really good moment. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoy anytime TJ gets to play with one of his toys, a boat, motorcycle, car, helicopter, whatever. Let TJ have all the toys. Um, then also the daily challenge in total get should get a nomination for the best moment. Um, it hasn't happened many times this season, but definitely I really, really enjoyed the entire daily challenge uh, this episode for sure. So it gets nominated for best moment. And then the final one and the winner, the best moment of the entire episode is Amanda and Ashley in the bar sitting together, standing together at one of the tables, sipping on their drink and plotting and looking over and seeing all the other women over there talking in one circle about likely how they would pick Amanda to go into elimination against. And Amanda and Ashley, the whole, just them plotting and them being like, yo, yeah, I should go over there and confront that, right? Oh yeah, you should, you should go over there. You should do this. You should say this. You should do that. Um, just love the two of them plotting together. Anytime you get that, it's fantastic especially in the outfits they're wearing with all of them having to wear the Top Gun hats um, or the fighter pilot hats is funny. And so that plotting and then Amanda confronting all the ladies, that whole scene and moment, that is great, is fantastic. Amanda carrying the episode on her back uh, at that point of the show. Um, And it wins best moment of the episode. Then let's talk best quote. And um, I'm going to be really, really honest. Uh, I maybe did a worse job taking notes on this episode, but there just wasn't a lot of good actual like one-liner type of quotes. I basically would say if we could play back for you everything Amanda says of the whole episode, we would just do that. Um, she has some briefly good moments, but we're just we're gonna say there's one nominee and we give it to Kyle um, because in the field really enjoyed uh, when he is you know comes back with the Ruby team at the beginning of the daily challenge and says something to the effect of, I'm really excited. Been a Ruby guy since day one. My main plan was to come back to Ruby. Uh, that was hilarious. And yes, we don't actually, sorry, I didn't even try to do a Kyle UK accent there. Um, 
but uh, I don't have the recording of this episode the way I normally do to even play it for real for you. So you have to take my word for it that not a quote-heavy episode, not a lot of great one-liners in this one, but Kyle, really excited, been a Ruby guy since day one. My main plan was always to come back to Ruby. That was my favorite quote of the episode, more than likely. So he gets the win, not unfamiliar to winning quote of the week. That is Kyle. Then MVP, it's not even close. No one else even receives votes. This is a unanimous one. It's Amanda all the way through. She gets the elimination win. She gets the best moment of the episode with her plotting with her bestie and then going in, stirring up the pot with all the other ladies. She has the best strategy of the episode. She uh, has, you know, the moment on the cabana with Josh and then again, bringing it back up in the nominations. She, everything she does in this one, she's usually right in all of the all the arguments, the disputes that she's having, she's usually on the correct side of them throughout this entire episode. Um, she wins multiple things in this episode. She she just carries this episode on her back through and through and through, and is a godsend to a season that needs uh, needs some people to carry episodes in the way that she carries this one. So unanimous, no one else even receives votes. Amanda, all the way through, is our MVP, and that is all of our awards. So. With that, let's finish up our discussion of this episode and where we are now at by talking about those power rankings and some predictions for the season moving forward. Finishing things up, let's talk power rankings. And first, we are going to keep an individual power ranking, but just to talk the three teams really quick because we haven't really haven't touched on it at all. So the, the where the episode ends is... We now have Emerald still with six, but with those six people now being Josh, Devin, Emmanuel, and Casey, Nani, and Amanda. We've got Sapphire with just three left, but a a big strong three it is in CT, Logan, and Emmy. And then we've got Ruby with, with kind of being brought back to life a little bit here, slowly but surely. Now Nelson, Kyle, Big T, and Tori. And so to me, if I were to power rank these three teams on best chances to win daily challenges, which I believe right now, and again, no spoiler, I, I, no spoilers of any kinds here, but uh, we've talked openly throughout the whole season that we believe there's 18 episodes of this season. And it seems like there's three, three dailies and eliminations left, two more male eliminations, one more female eliminations, if there's no twist of any sort, but that would get us down to 10 total people in a final um, and split up however they would eventually be split up amongst teams or individual or whatever would then happen. But uh, 10 people in a final has been the kind of standard for a few seasons in a row. So it seems like that would also get us episode 15, 16, 17, and then final in episode 18. Um, But uh, <clears throat> chances of winning those three dailies or winning the final with the current teams they have. Honestly, I think the script has been a hundred percent flipped. And if I had to power rank them, they're very, very even. It's very, it's very tough. They each have big advantages. Emerald obviously just has more people than everyone else. And that is certainly been, and will probably continue to be a big advantage. Sapphire has CT. And that is itself a massive advantage. And even if the other two people, Logan and Emmy, are rookies, they've rookies who have very much proven themselves repeatedly. And if the only weakness I could even say between either of them is that, yeah, the communication on Logan's side in the moment can be slightly more difficult with the language barrier. And yeah, Emmy's emotions occasionally can maybe get the best of her and rile her up to the point where it's hurting you in a in a challenge. But CT is the... Per- 
ultimate person to deal with both of those potential weaknesses because M, he is the one person Emmy is very calmed by, is works really, really well with, and can kind of talk her down if that were to start happening, and also is the one who... When you need this big communication, he's the one, he's the super-duper vet, the super-duper goat that is the one calling out all of that communication and the one leading the charge and saying what to do and what not to do. So that team's still really solid, even if they only have three people. And then Ruby is suddenly like... Everyone sleeps on the fact Kyle has made a bunch of finals and has done pretty damn well in them, even if he hasn't won them. And Nelson is... uh, Yeah, he can never win a daily challenge. And... We'll see maybe one of these last three. I feel like it's going to happen. It would be just, I feel like, really poetic and perfect if they do have three daily challenges left. If we could go two more and get to around 50 straight without winning and then that last one of the season to make a final and to break that streak, he would win that one. That would be perfect. I'd love to see that happen. Um, but uh, but he, Kyle, very strong competitors. Now they got Tori, very good competitor in the dailies, in the eliminations, even if the next week on looks like she might be eating a little of her own words, potentially, um, via Casey in a, in a stiff shoulder um, in with the pads on. But uh, And then Big T, who we've said is is underrated and is not the... She's not the 100% layup she is made out to be. Um, she might not be the top pick in the house, certainly. But uh, they've got four strong people. So honestly, if I had to rank the teams, I weirdly think, and maybe it's just me wanting to be a little bit of a contrarian, but like, I'd go Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. I seriously would. Um, because I just think that Emerald team showed, even with a group that was more cohesive than they are going to be now that Amanda has joined them and removed Tori, they didn't there were some cracks there and how well they could work together. And when it comes to the physicality of a final, I just don't know if, if Devin is going to be able to hang with the other, with the other guys. I don't, we've never seen Josh in a final and yes, hats off to Josh. He is in fantastic shape this season. He has put in the work and is way different physically than he was originally on war of the worlds one when he came to us and is slowly, but surely gotten himself in very good shape, but we still haven't seen him do it. We still haven't seen him do that level of cardio. Um, same with Emmanuel. I think he is one of just with his dancing background and the, the cardio endurance that dancing, uh, involves unbe- un un unrecognized to some of us out here in the world, potentially sometimes, but I, I actually am as confident as I could be in someone I've never seen do it in him potentially having no problem with the running portion of this, even without being someone who openly is like, yeah, I run 10 miles a day or something. Um, but like, I don't know. And then like Nani's been to finals and not one, uh, Casey's been to two finals and not one. And Amanda, it, um, I don't know on the endurance side either. So like, I don't know. I kind of feel like they might actually be last. If, if the final started tomorrow, I would maybe pick Sapphire and Ruby over them. And I might pick Ruby because of the numbers of it. Um, so that's the team one as for the, uh, individual, uh, power rankings because I do want to keep the individual power rankings going on the on the chance that they get to this final and it turns into an individual game um, or just to discuss where they are individually in this game as far as getting to that final staying on their teams and then winning so on the female side Casey number one Nani number two Tori number three Amanda four Emmy five big T six most of this based on this while Emeralds might be more vulnerable, might not be winning the power every week the rest of the way, the way they had been, I don't see anyone ever calling Casey out to go into the 
not into the layer. And I don't see her being the one infiltrated on her team. I see any if anyone comes to their team, comes back to their team, I see them taking Amanda's spot and keeping Nani and Casey there. If anyone gets called out to go into the layer from their team, I see it being Amanda or Nani. So I feel like Casey is just, she's in the final in my mind. No matter what, at this point, she's number one. Nani, number two, pretty much for similar reasons. I just feel like with only one, we believe, female elimination left, if anyone goes in from their team, I feel like it's going to be Amanda again. Um, maybe it is her, but if it's Nani, I don't know. Um, feels like it would be Amanda if it, if it was anyone. Um, so I feel like Nani's very, very safe and is also kind of in the final. Then Tori, number three, she may end up in that last elimination, but I think if she does, she has a very good chance of winning it. I think Ruby has a very good chance of winning that daily challenge with four people left when it comes to the female week again. And I just feel like she's still a strong competitor and, is at third, Amanda fourth on the backs of she's on a better team that has a better chance of winning the, the dailies now and being safe from going into elimination. She could easily get infiltrated and move to another team in that situation. Or if her team was vulnerable, would probably be the one called out on that last women's week from her team, which is why she's lower than the other two, but still sits at fourth. Emmy and Big T fifth and sixth. Just I just feel like that that's that's the matchup, the most likely elimination matchup we're looking at. It for the last one, if uh, if Emerald were to win that daily challenge, that seems to be the the matchup it's going to be. Um, and uh, yeah, and if they don't, that seems like if if Ruby wins, it seems like Emmy just being the rookie and with a lot of other good competitors left is just going to be the one that might get called out. Or if Sapphire wins, Big T would probably be the one potentially thrown in over a Tori or a Casey or Nani or Amanda. So. That's why they're at the bottom. On the male side, CT, Nelson, Josh, Logan, Emmanuel, Kyle, Devin. Devin, free falls all the way to the bottom. Um, CT stays at the top. Nelson moves up to second because I think he's in the final uh, at this point. I don't I don't see him going into an elimination in any... Maybe, I guess, if Logan got thrown into elimination and who would Logan turn around and call out? Maybe if, like, if Emerald has won the daily, they choose Logan as the rookie to go in and Logan has to pick CT, Kyle, or... Nelson, maybe, maybe he would pick Nelson. Um, but even in that instance, I think even in that hypothetical, Logan maybe picks Kyle to go against. So, um, yeah, I just, I think Nelson is kind of in a very solid spot, even if his team continues to dwindle around him. You know, uh, everything I've said about Big T standing, uh, if she were to get taken out in the last female elimination and this was just Nelson, Kyle, and Tori. It's a really solid three to run a final with. So CT Nelson at the top. Josh seems like he's going to potentially escape seeing an elimination and go to his first final. That's why he's in third. Logan, Emmanuel, fourth and fifth. Ahead of Kyle and Devin, even if they are in the rookie position, because I just feel like Kyle and Devin are going to end up in one of these last two eliminations. Maybe both of them, if one of them wins the first one, maybe versus each other. Um, and uh, yeah, that's why they're at the bottom now. I just think if Emerald doesn't win... The next elimination, I think either Devin or Josh, but I think because of the political ties in the house, it's Devin that will be the one called out from their team to go into an elimination that people will look at as the easiest choice in the house. And that, again, if Ruby or if uh, if Sapphire wins or Emerald wins, that Kyle, just because of lack of options, if it's CT, Logan, Kyle, and Nelson, you don't have a good choice there, an easy choice, an easier choice there. And so I feel like he's at the bottom of that totem pole. So... That's why they're in last. Those are our power rankings. Now, let's talk predictions. We, on the season, are 14 predictions deep. 
And we officially, we have three of them that so far have been right. Tori had five plus partners. She had four, would have had a fifth. We counted the team as a fifth. She's now on another new team. So she's kind of at six different teams or partners. So that one counted. CT is going to be picked at least two plus times as partners. That counted. He was about to be picked for the second time. And then multiple people came, picked his team to come to. So we counted that one. Then we also, Ruby team is the cast off team. Everyone wants off two plus Ruby team members will volunteer for elimination to make the switch. We had already given ourselves that one as three people had left. One of them had volunteered. Now a second one volunteered to do it and fourth person left their team. So three right. We did add another one though, this episode that we got wrong. We had already got wrong first. Fessy would be the first vet targeted. Ed would make the final. Anissa would make the final. All those were wrong. We now add to the list. We will not see any more DQs for injury or fighting. Um, we're gonna we're gonna on technicality here. Uh, we didn't actually mention in that DQ for anything verbal, which is what we think Ashley got sent home for. But uh, she did DQ. She got sent home. So we get this one wrong. If we're gonna give ourselves the technicality on the Tory and CT predictions, then. We got to say we were wrong in this one. So we're three and four so far, still in play. CT going to win, still in play. Devin will make it further than Josh. Looks like it could be a tie or a loser. Josh and Amber will not make the final. Looks like it could be a loser. Devin will not see an elimination unless a rule purge forces everyone to do so. Looks like it might be a loser now. Final challenge will be individual, not in teams. I already feel like I got that one wrong. CT and Tori will end up on the same team for the final. I was feeling better about this last week. Now I'm feeling worse about it this week. Nani doesn't see an elimination. That one is still looking good. That was our newest one last week. And our new one, our final thing to discuss of this episode. I have to drink, take a big swig of water to do so. And our new one we're adding is this. Nelson is going to fucking go to the final. And Nelson dare I say, is going to win this whole damn thing. That's what we're predicting, mostly because we want to see it happen. Yes, we already predicted CT would win. Currently, they are not on the same team. Maybe they will find their way to being on the same team. Who knows? We'll probably just have to get one of them wrong. Maybe both. But we are saying Nelson is going to the final, and Nelson Thomas Nelly T is winning this season. Ugh! Please challenge gods, redeem the whole season. Let Nelly T win. Let it happen. Let's go. Come on. That's all. Uh, that's the new prediction. We're adding it to the list. We're feeling really good about where Nelson is at. And we're feeling really good about how over the top they went with, uh, with, with Corey's exit last week being entirely about Nelson. It's your time. Nelson, you got this. You got to go get that win. Come on. You got this. You got to do it. Um, you know, they threw in the Nelson FaceTiming home to his mom earlier in the season uh, in, a, in a group of FaceTimes that, uh, you know, the others had a little more reason with the storyline of that particular episode for being a part of that FaceTime montage. Um, and it just feel, feels like as much as he hasn't been a part of the storylines, he's always been in the episode. So I feel like he's getting that good edit. I feel like he's in a great spot right now. And I feel like if we get to a final and it's Nelly T and Kyle and Tori and Big T, or even uh, lesser than that. Even if, what if it's what if Tori and Big T, or what if Tori loses the next elimination? She gets thrown and she loses. Um, what if Kyle goes in the next one and loses? What if Nelly T goes in and wins and says, you know what, Logan, I want my spot back. I want to run with CT. What if? What if? What if Nelson goes in? wins, takes Logan's spot, and what if Tori then says, you know what, I want to go in too, 
And guess what, Emerald? I ain't coming back to you. I want to go in. I want to go against Nani. I want to send her home, weakening that team, and then I want to take Emmy's spot, and now me, Nelly T, and CT are going to run this final together and get this win together. Whew, that'd be amazing. So Nelson is going to the final, and he's going to fucking win the whole thing. That's our newest prediction, and also our last one, season-long prediction we're making. We're up to 15 season-long predictions. It's There's only a few episodes left. We can't it's going to be really hard to keep throwing these on top. And if we do, they're just going to be ones that are easy, probably very easy to predict at this point with so few eliminations left of, you know, who makes the final, who doesn't, whatever. So our 15th and final season long prediction, Nelson goes to the final and wins. Mark it down. It will happen. Somehow it'll happen with CT also winning. Somehow it'll happen without Josh or Devin winning. Um, so that's that. Those are our predictions, and that is all for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for sitting through all of this and listening to all of it with me. Um, thank you for sitting through an episode that, yes, Amanda carried on her back, as we talked about extensively, but also was one that left us a wee bit frustrated, um, not just for the Ashley departure, but uh, just in general. Um, I've defended the season at length throughout it, and I felt like it was going to back up my, it was going to defend my defense of it by getting better and better and better the later into the season it went. And it hasn't 100% lived up to what I thought that it could in the back half of the season. But there's still time, and there's still certainly, uh, still the, the ingredients for two or three really, really, really great episodes heading into this final coming up. So let's hope that's what we get. As always, you should be wherever you're listening to it right now before you close. If you haven't hit the pause or the end or clicked on something new to listen to yet, please, before you do, hit the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss any of our now three podcasts a week coming in hot. The moment you are listening to this, you are now done. You may go turn on that Paramount Plus, hit up that ex-boyfriend, hit up that sister, hit up that sister-in-law, hit up that long lost friend from high school who was always super chill while you were in college about stealing that login info from find whoever's login you got to find or better yet give the people that deserve the money the money so that they can keep making these amazing shows for us go get that paramount plus subscription tune in to all stars it's available right now and then you can come right back to the same podcast feed that you are now following or subscribe to easy to find when you come back and listen to our episode one recap of all stars which will be coming out later tomorrow thursday today when you are listening to this pod so thank you as always for being here follow us on instagram challenge historian follow us on the podcast subscribe follow us on youtube if you'd rather watch these recaps uh, that long promised, uh, super overdue, super delayed video project coming to YouTube very soon. Um, maybe this Saturday, if my video, my editing skills, it has been recorded. It's just the editing. Um, I'm learning, I'm teaching myself how to, uh, edit videos right now, which turns out, yeah, there's a reason that, uh, people get paid a lot of money to do that. It's very, very difficult to do. And I'm learning the, the, the utter basics of it, trying to make some good content in the future. So, um, that's that. That's this episode. That's this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so, so much for listening and the support. I will be back very, very soon within mere hours with All-Stars 1 recap, and I will be back next week with the Tuesday review preview, a Spies, Lies, and Allies recap, an All-Stars recap, and everything else you could possibly think of. So thank you for being here. Talk to you very soon. Peace. Peace. <laughs>